0: Here is one of a series of talks by spiritual leader Lola McDowell Lee, spanning two decades from the early 70s through the 90s. Lola was a Zen Roshi, whose Rinzai lineage included Dr. Henry Platov
1: and renowned Zen master Shigetsu Sasaki. Lola was a religious scholar as well as an ordained Christian minister. While the talks are focused mainly on Zen and Buddhism, Lola drew on many spiritual traditions, including those of Jesus, Plato, Lao Tzu, the Hindu Vedas,
0: Meister Eckhart, and Gurdjieff.
1: I talked a little this past week about objective self-consciousness. Because of the way we see and hear, We see things as objective. We even see ourselves as objective. It is a state of objective self-consciousness. When you say I, blah, 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 uh, do you realize that when you say I, it is a concept, it is a thought. And therefore it is objective. We this this humanity by and large is in a state called objective self consciousness. We have made an object of self, and therefore we have made object of God. We have we try to make objective enlightenment. And because you see all these things out here, you say those are objects. But me in here, that's subject. Not yet. I in here, as we generally view it, is also an object. You look at it and you will see that this is true. You really look, huh? So, one of the first things to understand about oneself hmm, is the difference between self-consciousness and consciousness per se. What is consciousness without you involved in it? That's self-consciousness, huh? Now, consciousness without you. We ask very often, I ask all the time, what is consciousness? You run around saying, I'm conscious. I'm conscious of this. And I'm conscious of that. What is this consciousness? Hmm? Consciousness, as it is, itself, has no idea of I. Hmm? It is what it is. Consciousness is our label for it. It, well I'm going to call it consciousness because we are familiar with the label at any rate huh? Yeah. consciousness has no idea of any separation from existence in our objective self-consciousness we put a gap and we are therefore seemingly separated from existence Consciousness has, has no distinction of you are there and I am here, or that I am here and life is somewhere in here as an object in me, someplace, huh? Mm. Consciousness knows no barrier. Consciousness knows no boundaries. It is immeasurable and illimitable. Anyway, you know, it's kind of like breathing. Mm-hmm. It goes on all the time. Even when you're asleep, you know, consciousness is present. You are no longer objectively self-conscious when you're asleep, but you're still conscious. Huh? Breathing in, inhaling, breathing in, you know, the totality enters. Breathing out, you share the totality. You enter the totality. Breathing in, you swallow it. Breathing out, you enter it. It's a constant flow, you know. It's a balance that is never lost. You sit focused on your breath for more than one reason, you know. I mean, I usually say, well, you focus on your breath because, after all, it says in the Scripture, in the Bible, that God breathed into man's nostrils and he became a living spirit. So the breath has many aspects to it, even though it's empty. In the self-consciousness, something has arisen that resists this balance, this even flow. It resists the river, as it were. And there is an old saying, don't push the river. Don't push the river. And in in self-consciousness, you know, we focus on the breathing. Hmm? That's self-consciousness that is focused on the breathing. And in self-consciousness, as we walk around every day doing our daily chores, we breathe in. And we're aware of that now and then. But not the breathing out. come to me my little darling (laughs) come to me I shouldn't have to go to you (laughs) come to me huh we accumulate regardless of what it is you're accumulating you're accumulating words and ideas and emotions and food and you name it huh accumulating and we make boundaries this I want to know and that I don't want to know we make boundaries so that no one can trespass don't come near me I'm fragile So once in a while you sit down and look at yourself and you can see where you've placed these no trespassing signs. Don't make me feel like this. I don't like it. So I avoid this person because he makes me feel like this and I don't like it. And I put up a no trespassing sign. Don't you come any closer over here. I don't like this feeling. Hmm? Here in this place, I don't share. Over here I will, but not over here. Hmm? I got a sign up keep off the grass (laughs) Hmm? okay so ordinarily usually we're self-conscious and one could say now that in a manner of speaking to be self-conscious is to be not conscious hmm To be un-self-conscious or to be self-unconscious is to become conscious. Hmm? You follow that? Sure. (laughs) Nod your head, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Where there is no self as object, self. Hmm? Then there is what we could call true self or supreme self. The self of all
0: hmm?
1: and we call that a no self hmm? because it is not you personally it is an impersonal self even though it's the self self yeah. well anyway it's kind of a bad name but self you know but we we have to cope with it hmm. The ultimate self that is the self of all is the no self of me you know through the sitting (coughs) you hold a focus and you find a center within yourself then as you sit further somehow uh, you lose that personal center and it becomes the center of the universe Hmm. and the minute it becomes the center of the universe instead of the center of you then then you're free there's no cage around you in india in the hindu thing they speak of krishna And they have pictures of Krishna, the thousand armed, you know, playing a flute. Now, as just as a side point, the word Krishna and the word Christ come from the same root in the in an ancient in the ancient Egyptian language. You know, comes the same root. Carcass comes from the same root. Mm-hmm. Now, Krishna plays the flute. You've seen pictures of it, huh? so you can call it to mind. Mm-hmm. Interesting images uh, the Orient has. Yeah. So we could say the flute represents self-consciousness, as Krishna sings through it hmm? the flute is a passageway self-consciousness is a passageway for consciousness <clears throat> when you realize what is playing the flute The only way you can blow on a flute is for the flute to be empty. Hmm? You know there's a Zen koan about a flute. You know? How can you play an iron flute with no holes? Anyway, in the self-consciousness, you know, Here we have conflict we fight and we struggle if you're fighting existence you will be self-conscious that's your attitude toward it not only your attitude but all the rest of it huh and you're also as you go along you're fighting to keep self-consciousness in its proper position hmm now you know, because we are, after all, very rational. Man is rational. He's a rational in- animal. No. We pride ourselves on our rationality. So. Let us say, for instance, that an individual is not happy. Doesn't apply to anybody here. <laughs> uh, the person is not happy. He's miserable. And so he begins to run around and look and look for something that's going to make him happy. And invariably, he winds up in a religion. I mean, after all, this is going to be the supreme happiness. And then uh, then uh, after a while, maybe he gets a little discontent with that, so he runs around and looks some more, and he finds an esoteric religion. This has happened to some people not to you but it has happened to me. So but you know we're we're looking for a way out of our miserableness. And in this esoteric religion now uh, we say to whoever is ahead what can be done about my misery? We don't say it that way. We say how can I attain? <laughs> Oh, that was dirty, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> anyway, uh,
1: and in in a in a nice occult esoteric thing, this person will say, "Well, it's your past lives you're paying for." Hmm? That's rubbish. Past lives may have made you miserable but that was in the past life. Hmm? Why should something wait until now to get even?
0: <laughs> huh?
1: Yeah. It's your present state that's making you miserable. You're too self-conscious. Hmm? Throwing the whole situation on past lives is a cop-out. Now you don't have to think even. It's easy way out. Oh, what can I do? You know, sitting there like a dying calf in a thunderstorm, what can I do? <laughs>
0: uh-huh. But it seems rational. You know.
1: The dying calf is a dying calf.
0: Yeah?
1: You know? What's good to be done? Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Hmm? there's no magic trick that's going to help you erase your past way back which you don't even remember hmm but it relieves you of the burden of looking at yourself now because you think okay now I have to be miserable because of the past and someday in the future I will be happy because I will be great and uh you know, but who knows what kind of a life that's going to be. I mean, if you're a Jane, you know, you don't even know which one of the 8,948 lives you're in because this is the system they've got set up. You know, you live that many lives and you've made it no matter what you've done. Yeah. You know? But anyway, in the future, you're going to be great. In some world down there, and in the past, you've been miserable. And what are you going to do about it now? You sink down into your misery. Hmm? Sure. What are you going to do? You know, Hindus, the, the, you know, all of the Eastern thing. you know, they, they throw all the misery, the responsibility of your misery on past lives. I'll tell you a secret. <laughs> In the Western world, we throw it on Satan.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, we put it on the devil. The devil is creating Traps. And all kinds of snare[s] for you to fall into, so you will be miserable. It's not me, after all. It's the devil, you know. Why well, I ask you something else? Why should the devil be bothered about you?
0: <laughs>
1: huh? Yeah. Are you really that important? Are you really that self-conscious? Hmm? You know, the devil's a very busy guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's still fighting God. That's a full-time job. And he doesn't need you at all. Well, does he? <laughs>
0: oh,
1: and then I'm, I'm miserable, though, you know. What am I going to do about it? So then I go out looking, and uh, I'm living in this modern day, and I know how to read. So, okay, I'm going to become a communist, a Marxist, you know, a socialist, whatever. And here I read that misery is all in the social structure. It's all in the economic system. So we get rid of capitalism and we got no more misery. <laughs> yeah? Well, that's one out. That's, you know. And then, then there are the psychoanalysts. <laughs> Who they say, you know, so they say, well, you're misery because of your. Child mother relationship or your child father relationship, huh? So they rationalize it all out all very well for you, and you're still miserable. (laughs) Yeah? What's wrong with humanity? You know, I hear about teenagers going out and beating up little old ladies. It's sick. It's miserable. I'm going to be a little old lady one of these days.
0: (laughs) 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 I'm going to kill something. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: see there's always a reason even you know the teenagers getting into trouble they got a reason everybody's got a reason and it's always something else besides me yeah never you in this present moment so we get a lot of reasons for we are rational We reason, and we reason very well around this self-consciousness in here in this private world. So we reason, but we don't change. Change is drastic. Change is difficult. Hmm? But I'll tell you something, if you're really seeking consciousness, or the true self, or the no self, or the ultimate self. Change is necessary. It's not that you're no good or anything like that, but you've got to open up something in here so it'll come out. You've got to let down some of these no trespassing signs. How else are you going to be free? <coughs> How are you going to have this liberation? Hmm? Okay then. So you change. You drop the conflict. Isn't that incredible? And we all become pumpkin heads doing zazen. <laughs> huh? You drop the conflict. Usually we say drop the ego, huh? Huh? <clears throat> all great religions say, drop the ego. But for today, let us say, drop the conflict. Ego is a wor- word, it's a word, we know very well. Ego, it means self, it's a Latin word meaning self. Hmm? But when we use the term ego, it seems so kind of vague-like, you know, there's, there's nothing that you can put your ha- hands on in here. Where You know, where is this ego? To change if you can't even find the ego so let's drop the conflict without going into a lot of other explanations right at the minute hmm well we don't want to drop the ego we want to conquer it people talk about conquering nature conquering mind of conquering this and conquering that and conquering the other thing I would like to know how in the name of anything can you conquer nature yeah you're part of it how can the part conquer the whole you can be one with the whole or you can be in conflict with the whole Yeah. being one with results in harmony there is it comes about this tremendous silence comes a joy comes delight comes dancing hm conflict well, you know what that represents. You've got it all the time. You know, you've got stress and anxiety, and should I do this and should I not do that? And what are you frowning about?
0: <laughs>
1: hmm? So, ego is a function. The sense of I rises in you and in me and in everybody. Everybody along the line can say I. It 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 comes up, you know. And we won't go into how right at the minute, but I can do that in another day. I've done it before. Anyway, this is a sense of I that rises. You're about three years old. You know, you begin to say I. First you say me. Yeah, and there's some people. Once in a while you meet a person who has never learned to say I. I've met a couple. They can say me. Can't say I. and then watching how they function is quite different than so-called normal and then there are some children instead of saying I they say their names you know uh, when I was little my mother would go someplace and I'd stand there and say Lola Mitt I mean in other words Lola's going with take me with you <laughs> Lola Mitt you know <laughs> huh? but the I eventually rises <laughs> Yeah, that's because if it doesn't, you're you're in pretty sad shape, you know. But this I that does rise, it kind of hides what we could maybe say non-I, or I am, or the true I. It hides it. So we have now a pseudo-I covering the real I. It becomes very evident that man cannot live without a self. An I. So we have this pseudo-I that nature has given us with which to find the real I. Hmm? We have a substitute self to which we pay great homage. And all the while, the real self remains unknown and mostly, by most, not cared about. They do pray to God. But
0: <coughs>
1: <coughs> After all, how many people do you really know who are really searching? Hmm? Mm. And among those who are searching... You know, for the real self, how many can say, in place of real self, or in place of God, or in place of Buddha, or in place of Tao, or in whatever word you want to use, or in place of Krishna, can they really put the word in there? No self. It takes away its objectness. But the thing is, you're not looking for an object. Hmm. But then if you look, you know, you see that people, by and large, are looking for a grander substitute self, you know. And they're kind of disappointed in this one somehow, you know. So let me find a better one. You know, And all the while, that which is for real remains hidden and mysterious. You know? The self or whatever you want to call it. Let's call it consciousness for a minute. Human intellect cannot penetrate consciousness. It is consciousness that holds intellect out here for you to use. But the intellect cannot penetrate the consciousness. You've got to drop the thought and consciousness is present. It's the same you drop the substitute self and the real self is present. But somehow or another it is so difficult to find this. It is so mysterious within us. Yeah. To come to know knowing. You can all sit there and say, I know, but what is knowing? The the noesis itself, the noetic power. What is that knowing? <clears throat> people start to look and many of them drop out they think they're not moving fast enough or somebody hasn't paid them enough attention or whatever 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 you know and they drop out sometimes some people drop out just as they're on the verge just on the edge of a cliff as it were of really knowing and they're long gone maybe because they're on the cliff one has to knock on many doors within oneself before one faces that correct door. Because you know, it's an invisible entrance. It's called a gateless gate. So when I talk about doors and people go home and they sit and they they, they got this door in front of them now and they're going to go through this door somehow and find the whole thing. Well, you're the door. Hmm? but people after trying all kinds of things some people you know I've seen them but it's you know I'm talking they they get very discouraged that they haven't found this true self so they sit here with a substitute self and they create a false real self so-called huh So they can go out and say, yes, I have accomplished. Yes, I have attained. To grow real roses is difficult. It is very easy to buy plastic ones.
0: Hmm.
1: If someone asks you, who are you? What do you answer? My name. Hmm. Somebody gave you a name once upon a time. That name isn't yours. You came into this world without a name. The name that you identify yourself with was given to you. You know it's a label any name would do a b c d e f g all the way down the alphabet any one of them hmm just as useful it's just something that somebody can call you it's arbitrary name has nothing to do with being Or somebody can turn around and say, Well, I'm I'm a businessman, I'm an engineer, I'm a carpenter, I'm a psychiatrist. Whatever, you know. It says nothing about you. You know? That's how you earn a living. You're born into a particular family. That's accidental. It's a question of genes and chromosomes, huh? You could have just as well been born into any other family and you would have never even noticed the difference. (laughs) 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 No. But through all of it, the whole gamut, each of us is a pseudo-self. That's how we function in this world. And each of us is a true self. And that's hidden. And it need not be that way. Once upon a time, there was a (coughs) Frenchman, and he was crossing the desert with an Arab guide. And day after day after day, The Arab never failed to kneel on the burning sand and call upon his God. There is no Allah but Allah. And one evening, finally, this Frenchman, he couldn't stand it any longer, and he said to this Arab, How do you know there is a God? And this Arab fixed his eye on this Frenchman, and he said, How do I know there is a God? How did I know that a camel and not a man passed last night? Hmm. Was it not by the print of his hoof in the sand? And then he pointed to the sun, who was said that the sun was setting, and the last rays were still reflected in the sky, and they were, you know, was fading in the over the horizon, and the arrow pointed to that, and he said that footprint is not of man. the self of you is not created by you it is another footprint
0: Hmm?
1: it's what you came with it's been with you ever since you took your first breath and before that Hmm? how can you create did you create the baby The consciousness, the learning to talk, the learning to see, you did none of it. None of it. Hmm? We come out of a very mysterious life source. We go back eventually to that mysterious life source. And now, now is your opportunity to know that source, to know your roots in God. Hmm? The pseudo-self, because it is self-conscious, is very fragile and weak. So we have this fear that I may be lost. Myself might be hurt, Myself might be destroyed. You can never be sure about this pseudo-self. Sometimes you're not even sure how it's going to act. Hmm? In a certain circumstance. It's an imitation. And this objective self-consciousness trembles in its imitation. It needs support. You yeah? somebody should appreciate you that's a support huh somebody should applaud you Hmm? somebody should say how beautiful how intelligent how well you think how nicely you rationalize how
0: handsome
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes right Yeah. We need these suggestions so we can believe Yes, I am intelligent, yes I am beautiful, yes I am strong. But that comes from somebody else. It doesn't come from you. And they're just supporting you. Hmm? Have you ever watched yourself when you're all alone, how much more graceful you are than when you're with somebody? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh and you know and, and when you sit for meditation when you sit by yourself how much better you sit than when a jigajitsu's jitsu is watching you huh? you're worried about opinions hmm? you know that you're much more innocent when you are alone why you wouldn't think anything <laughs> other than innocent when you're alone huh And in your bathroom by yourself you're much more childlike you know you're putting on makeup or you're shaving and you make these faces you know and and you enjoy it and then all of a sudden if you're in a house with a family you notice that the little kid is watching you through the (laughs) keyhole and all of a sudden you don't act the same anymore Hmm? the pseudo self is at stake self-consciousness huh when you are that self conscious, you're showing symptoms that you don't know who you are. No. So never mind what others say really. You know, just look within yourself. Hard looking, intense looking. It doesn't come cheap. It is very dear. You have to almost, you know, well, they say you give up yourself. I was going to say sell yourself,
0: <laughs>
1: you know. But you do. You have to be with it. You have to be in it. It isn't going to come cheap. Mm. Yeah. And too many people have settled for too many cheap things. You know, it's like the little monk, you know, we talk about a monk a lot here. He's, he's our scapegoat. But anyway, this monk, our monk, he had a pain in the back. He does a lot of sitting.
0: <laughs>
1: and he, his pain became excruciating. Worse and worse and worse and worse. And it became so unbearable, reluctantly, he went to a specialist. And he had a lot of x-rays taken and so on and so on and finally went back to the doctor to see what the outcome of it was and, and the doctor said to him, well, your problem can be cured. But it's going to take an operation, two weeks in the hospital and six months total horizontal. Six months. You know. And the monk looked at that, six months and all that agony, and he says, but I can't afford all that. Well then suggested the doctor, for $25 I can retouch the (laughs) x-rays. You don't believe it? (laughs) Huh? That's cheap. Huh? At half the price. Yeah. But it isn't going to make you healthy. No. But we do this very often, you know, thinking somehow, you know, I I just go do this now, and somehow a miracle somewhere along the line is going to happen that's going to change me. Yeah? When you keep redecorating this pseudo-self, this substitute self, it's like retouching the X-ray. Hmm? It isn't going to help you to become healthy. If you retouch, no operation is necessary, no cost to you, no time spent, no agony in in doing the thing. Hmm. So what's the point? What's the point of doing it cheaply? Your misery remains. You haven't cured a thing. Hmm? Anyway, we come to this wrestler by the name of Onami. Great waves. He was immensely strong. Yeah? Everyone is immensely strong. Hmm? You don't know your own strength. You've never even tried it out. Hmm? Everyone has to be immensely strong. Everyone is rooted in God, is there a greater power? Huh? That's the ultimate strength. And there you sit. Oh, no, I can't do that.
0: <laughs>
1: huh? So much energy, you know. There's so much energy confined in a little atom. <laughs> and an atom is so small, no one has ever seen it. And yet the energy from the atoms destroyed Hiroshima and Nagasaki and maybe eventually all of us. Yeah. But if the energy in an atom is so strong, what about man? Uh, He's got a direct... He doesn't have to go... Well, yes, it does have to go through fission and all that kind of stuff, but in a kind of a different way. The change has to come. Who can say about this small flame of consciousness? (coughs) Hmm? Everyone is immensely strong because everyone is immensely divine. We are all rooted in existence. The origin. And we tend to forget this. Maybe we forget it because we don't really know it. When we forget, you know, we become weak and fragile and we (laughs) begin to rationalize excuses. And then we begin to look for artificial ways of becoming strong, cheap ways. So great waves. And you know, we are all waves of this ocean you know the, the the wave theory in in the indian philosophy this is it, they they say this is all an ocean consciousness is an ocean and each one is a wave of this consciousness huh? it rises and creates a little foam and <sniffs> again hmm? we may have forgotten the ocean being this marvelous wave huh but the ocean hasn't forgotten us huh we are still in that ocean a wave can't get up and walk away from the ocean hmm even if the wave forgets it's still the ocean the waving, the wave of course is nothing but the waving of the ocean the motion of the ocean right can you see that huh Waving, you know. It's the delight of the ocean in being. Yeah, We forget so easily. That which is always available. That's what we forget. How often do you remember your breathing? Well, maybe when you have a cold or when you sit, uh, because then you're told to observe your breath, so then you remember it. And people remember God when they're in trouble. Huh? Otherwise, who remembers? We take for granted. But God can't be lost. Hmm? So it's difficult to remember. The fish in the ocean forgets the ocean. But you throw the fish on the shore and it's on the sand and it's gasping there, the fish remembers the ocean. But there's no way to throw you out of God. It's a shoreless ocean. You've got to be the one that remembers. And this is where cheapness goes out the door. Huh? Anyway, in private, Onani defeated even his own master. Well, of course. You know, (laughs) in private, there's nothing we can't do, huh? When we're all alone or in front of the mirror, there's nothing we can't do, you know. But in public, Onami's own young pupils could throw him. Hmm? He was self-conscious. Self consciousness is weak. Yeah. Self forgetfulness <coughs> is what's strong. Because then you've got the whole of the strength,
0: huh?
1: Not just this purloined <clears throat> eagle and says I'm very strong over here. So anyway, in his trouble, he went to a Zen master who was stopping at a nearby temple by the sea, and he asked for counsel. Now, a Zen master, if you ever meet one, and hopefully one of these days maybe you'll meet my teacher, who is a Zen teacher, he is one who creates devices so you can remember. He gives you pointing arrows. So this uh, Zen Roshi says to Onami, Great waves is your name. So you stay in this temple by the sea tonight and listen to the waves of the ocean. Now listening is one of the fundamental ways of entering. Hmm? Listening means you've got to forget yourself if you're really listening. If you can forget yourself, you can listen. If you cannot forget yourself, you don't listen. I mean, all this running commentary you've got going while I'm talking, that's not listening. That's your own running commentary. You've got nothing to do with me. If you're self-conscious about yourself, that's the commentary. Hmm? And so then you kind of pretend that you're listening. Something gets in a little bit, and, oh, I don't agree with her. And something else gets in a little bit, and five minutes later, you hear something else, and you haven't heard what I said at all. And not only that, you take the words and you make out of them what you want to make out of them. You're still not hearing what I'm hearing. Right? You all know that. Some once in a while, you nod your head. Sometimes you say yes, and sometimes you say no, but you're not listening. Hmm? When you're listening you're receptive the door is open Yeah, you just listen you have got nothing else to do but listen you've got no interpretation and you've got no activity going on inside of you you're just listening can you do that for minutes just listen every time a thought enters your mind Shh, Jim, you know you get so complicated shutting these things out you won't hear what I say either yeah anyway the waves you know they rolled larger and larger and larger as the night roar on and they swept away the flowers in the vases before the Buddha you know they had these little alcoves there and they got a a Buddha picture there or a statue or something they got flowers there with it and so on It's their little shrine thing huh? and they swept rolls way, the waves rolled in and swept away the flowers and after a while they swept away the vases and not only that but the bronze Buddha that was sitting there was swept away too hmm? very difficult for an orthodox Buddhist to imagine that Buddha is being swept away hmm? after all Buddha is the door to enlightenment you're going to sweep him away in these waves he's going to be drowned think about it you know because even the door even the door to enlightenment can become a hindrance if you cling too much to it you know of course and this is not what really happened with all these waves sweeping everything away it's something that happened to onami See? he opened the door and there was the ocean It was all within him. Hmm. And Onami sat there with a faint smile on his face. And that day, when he entered the public wrestling, he won every bout, and from that day on, no one in Japan could ever throw him. Isn't that a nice little story? Yeah. The faint smile that the Buddha had when he sat under the Bodhi tree when he realized his enlightenment. You know, he saw the morning star. It's kind of like you have the smile of a rival. You're home. Um, And this Onami now could win. He is the ocean. How can you defeat an ocean? You can defeat some waves, but you sure can't defeat an ocean. Huh? Yeah. So don't be like a leaf, you know, on a tree trying to live on its own and fighting the tree. And fighting the other leaves and fighting the roots and thinking this whole world is inimical it isn't we're pumpkins Hmm? we're just leaves on a tree and it's a great tree Mm -hmm. you can call it whatever name you want but we're small leaves on an infinite tree of life
0: hmm yeah
1: Now, may the peace and the power that passeth all understanding hold us and keep us in the love of the Christ of consciousness while we are seemingly separate one from another. And I thank you very much.
0: If you find Lola's talks valuable, more will be posted in weeks to come.